Welcome to Sliding Doors, the podcast that delves into the decisions and moments that shape our lives. I am Jenny Becker, and throughout my life, career and relationships, I've always been fascinated with the notion that everything happens for a reason, alongside my love for the 90s movie classic, Sliding Doors. Have you ever really thought about those moments that shaped your life? Those decisions that could have gone either way in the opportunities presented to you? What if you had taken that job? or told that person in high school how much you like them. Each episode, I will talk to some amazing people from all walks of life and chat about their sliding doors moments. We will reflect on how a decisional moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. My guest today is Jeanette Manrara. Jeanette is a professional dancer and presenter and is best known as a Strictly Come Dancing superstar. After being on the show for nine years and now moving on to presenting It Takes Two on BBC Two with Ryland this month. Jeanette was born in Miami into a fun-filled and loving Cuban family. She was born to perform attending musical theatre school in her teens, where she became the strong, versatile dancer that she is today. She had her first break when auditioning for the American TV show So You Think You Can Dance, where she made it into the top four girls on the show. From this, she toured throughout the USA, moved to LA, performed with artists such as J-Lo, and featured in the theatre show of Dancing with the Stars in Las Vegas. Jeanette then went on to do Broadway and perform in the international show Burn the Floor and travel the world with the show for four years and it was here where she met her now husband and fellow Strictly star Aliash. Jeanette has had an amazing career on Strictly, wowing viewers week on week with her passionate and quality performances, dancing with partners such as Julian MacDonald, Peter Andre, Aston Merigold and Harvey. She's now taking on a new chapter in her dancing and TV career as the new presenter, brightening up our screens every night on It Takes Two, as well as hosting her own podcast, Twist and Shout with Aliash. Jeanette has such a passion for everything she does, and I can't wait to chat to her all about her moments that led her to where she is today. So welcome to the podcast, Jeanette. 
Wow. Do you know what? Listening to that intro, <laughs> it makes me think, go, go on, girl. You've done all right for yourself. You have. You really have. And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. And I promise I'm not just saying this, but you are my ultimate favorite Strictly dancer. I think there was oh. a dance you once did with Jake Wood where like he like threw you around and you bent around his body. And I was just like, oh my God, you are the best. And I've been hooked ever since. So I'm really excited to have you on. No, thank you for having me on. Me too. I'm really excited. I've been listening to some of your other episodes and you've had some pretty epic guests. So I'm very flattered to be oh, one of them no, now. Thank you so much. Um, and I mentioned there that you kind of always wanted to perform. You've obviously had it in your blood since a young age. But what was the dream for Jeanette when you were younger? You know, if you could look back at yourself then, did, did you want to be where you are now or did you have other dreams? Do you know what? I don't know. I think it was not that I ever had a very specific dream. I never wanted to do one thing. I just knew that I loved to talk. I would never shut up around the house. <laughs> yeah. And that I loved to perform. I was always putting on shows for the family. I was really bossy with all my cousins. Yeah, and I would too. give them like roles <laughs> to do at the, in the family parties and things like that. And so I think, and dancing, it was just obviously, I mean, I'm Cuban and I feel like the whole Cuban culture is based around dancing and salsa anyway. So I basically started dancing as soon as I could walk, you yeah. know? So I never really knew specifically what I wanted to do. I just knew that I loved to entertain and that yeah. I loved talking and that I loved dancing and that I loved singing and acting. I just loved all of it. So yeah, it wasn't a specific big dream. I just, knew, I don't know. I just always enjoyed putting on a show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's very evident, but I guess like growing up in a Cuban family, as you say, what, would is, what was it like? Because I think, you know, I look at you and you have such a brilliant energy about you and you're so positive. And as you say, like you just want to perform. But do you think a lot of it comes from that heritage and growing up with like such a big family? Do you know what? I think, yes, 100%. Um, my parents, uh, if I can go into that for two seconds here, my parents left Cuba when they were very, very young because mm. of it's, it's a communist country yeah. and there's a dictatorship. At the moment, funnily enough, there's a huge, huge protest going on. It's illegal to protest. So they've been all kind of literally risking their lives, getting arrested. There's been disappearances. There's been murders. So it's been a very interesting couple of weeks for my family's country. Yeah. Um, luckily, my parents left it many, many years ago before it got as bad as it's gotten. Uh, but I think because of the fact that they left their homeland, they left their country for me and for my brothers and sisters and my cousins, our generation to have all the freedoms and all the rights that we deserve as human beings. You kind of grow up with this mentality that like you can do it all. You can achieve yeah. anything you want to achieve. And that's all my parents ever said to me, you know, chase all those dreams, do what you want to do, have fun, enjoy yourself, enjoy yeah. life. Because they didn't get to do that being young mm -hmm. Cubans. Um, so I think growing up in that kind of a household where they were just so happy to be free of that dictatorship, yeah. ha be able to finally, you know, live the American dream and do what they want to do and chase the careers that they want to chase and have a family and buy a home, things that they would have never been able to do. It was a really happy upbringing. Yeah. We were always happy. I mean, all there, any reason to get together as a family and dance and have a party, we just did it, you, you know, at birthdays it. or, you know, um, national holidays or, oh, the sun came out really nice today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, let's get whatever together. it was. And so when you grow up like that, when you grow up with your parents and your whole family really saying, you know, chase your dreams, be happy, do what makes you happy, you know, enjoy yourself, live your life to the fullest. You kind of grow up just being a pretty optimistic, happy 
person. And I think also, um, I know it's a word that gets tossed around a lot, but it matters a lot to me. And I think I grew up having a lot of gratitude for the little things in life. You know, my mom and my dad, because they were so young when I was born and obviously immigrants from another country, we didn't have a lot of money at all growing up. We shared... I remember there was a couple of years we shared the master bedroom, my mom, my dad, my brother, and myself before really? my little sister was born. Yeah. We all lived in one bedroom together. And then when my sister was born, my brother, my sister, and I uh, all shared a bedroom. And mind you, I'm six years older than my brother and 13 years older than my sister. Wow. And we all lived in the same room together until I was about 18. And then I was like, no, I got to go. And I moved yeah. out later after 19. But I think, you know, even though we didn't have a lot of money and we struggled a lot, financially my parents always made it a case to have a happy loving and healthy family and that was always a priority and we had so much gratitude for the things that we did get like the Disney yeah. trips that we were able to yeah. make as a family or you know if I bought a pair of shoes it was like the pair of shoes for a long time or an outfit that was like the outfit for a while so I grew up having a lot of gratitude for little things in life that now you kind of look back and you go oh my god now I've got a thousand pairs of shoes I'm exaggerating <laughs> no, but I know. now I've got you know I've got so many things now that when I was a kid I just didn't have going yeah. up and I think when you have that kind of a base where happiness and health and love comes first and then secondly the material things that you then appreciate 10 times more when you do mm -hmm. get them I've just always been a pretty positive and grateful and happy person because of that yeah and how amazing because as you say that's the probably the biggest aim of your parents was moving over was for you to say all of this now and to be feeling like a free spirit you can do what you want and it's so amazing that they pass that on to you and you'll then pass that on to your family and like it mm. really shows that kind of, you know, as you're brought up really makes a difference to the person yeah. that you are. And I think having, I know it sounds so like, oh, I'm a platform, but I think, you know, I, uh, the platform that Strictly Come Dancing and all the years of being on television and the work that I've done, I've got, I've got a nice following now. And I just think that like, it's important that we use whatever platform we do have to spread important messages or mm -hmm. things that mean a lot to us. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, like, I didn't even really know that you were born and from Miami because you have an, you don't have an American accent. Do people kind of say that to you a lot? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I was born and raised in Miami, but because I was the first generation born outside of Cuba and yeah. literally Everyone all my family's you. Cuban. So grandma, yeah. grandpa, aunts, uncles, like everybody's Cuban. And I grew up, I learned Spanish before I learned English. I learned English at school. I, I mean, all the stories that I ever heard growing up were of my family and what they did in Cuba and the beaches and the things yeah. that the, the places they went to and the things they did. So oddly enough, I feel more Cuban than I do American. Although yeah. technically on paper, yes, I was born in Miami, but when you hear my story and you kind of hear how I grew up and the things that I did, Cuba just feels more right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I love that. But you are, it shows, it shows like the family culture and the family, you know, the family togetherness that you have. And I love that. When I go back home to Miami, they all kind of look at me like, what are you talking like? Because I come <laughs> back and to them, I sound proper British, you know. Yeah. They, that's what they think I yeah. sound like. Because I it's say so things true. like lift or rubbish or the boot of the car. Yeah. You know, and my mom's like, what what are you what on about but we do we tend to like and then when you're around your family more when I'm with my family I'm from Manchester I go really northern yeah. but then when I'm in London like my accent so your accents do change but no you've still got your Cuban twang to you <laughs> definitely um so I can't not ask you I think a lot of people probably don't realize that you and Aliash didn't meet on Strictly um so I just want to touch very quickly because it's such a lovely story on how you and Aliash actually like first met and got together 
Oh my gosh, he he and I have the most in- <laughs> hilarious time t- telling this story because it's such different stories. Yeah, from each side. <laughs> so basically, long story short, we met, um, I was in London and I was uh, at the time rehearsing to get ready to go into the, the West End with the show called Burn the Floor. And they were looking for a couple of new cast members for the show that was going to be put up in Australia at the time. Yeah. And... Uh, Ali Ash came to audition when we were rehearsing already. And I remember he walked in through the door and like the whole room froze because he, he is quite handsome. Yes. You know? He's a good looking guy. And when he like walked in the door, it, like you just heard everybody start whispering in like, oh my God, he's so cute. Oh my God, he's so beautiful. Blah, blah. And um, I had just like gotten out of a relationship before that. And I had just moved into London. I had never really traveled the world. So for me, like my eyes were set on like not so enough. many other things and not mm-hmm. and getting a boyfriend or having a boyfriend. And um, so I remember when we first met, you know, Ali Ash also didn't, not that he didn't speak English, but he didn't speak English as well as he did now. He did, yeah. So when we first met and we started chatting, I was like, oh, hi, how are you? And it was all like, yes, no, <laughs> great, thank you. It was like one word answer. So yeah, we didn't like, really get to like communicate. communicate. And then he left to do the job in Australia. And when he came back a couple months later, his English was like, massively improved because obviously like, he, he, he didn't speak any Slovenian yeah. he had to speak only English and so when he came back that's when kind of our friendship really began mm-hmm. and then we just started hanging out with the cast and just being mates and then from day one he always said he fancied me from day one and I was just like it wasn't the same for me I didn't yeah. fancy him from day one <laughs> and um so I remember the first time when he came back and we all went out together as a cast um we went for drinks after one of the shows one night and Ali Ash kept every single time you know without fail he'd be like when are you gonna let me buy you a drink when are you gonna let me take you on a date and I would be like no it's not gonna happen you're just not my type you know like I just thought nah we're mates we're friends like let's just keep it at that he lives in Slovenia I was living in LA at the time I'm like this is never gonna work and um but finally one day um he actually said that one of the first nights we went out drinking together with the cast he said do you know what one day i'm gonna marry you really oh i love yeah. that and i remember just going yeah right wait for it you know like just didn't even assume no. and then it was our friend's breakup <laughs> and like, and we, i feel awful but it was our friend's breakup that really kind of helped me see what Ali Ash was really like because he mm-hmm. it was like the last straw and I love the creativity of what he did yeah. he said look our friend's going through a really bad breakup I think we should take him out for dinner and drinks and I was like what the two of us <laughs> I'm like is this another one of your schemes to try and get me to get come me out, out with you yeah. and then I thought do you know what because it's so creative why not let's let's do it and then we did and I think listening to him talk about like life and marriage and relationships and love and family and all these like really deep and meaningful kind of conversations that you have when someone is a bit heartbroken like our friend was that's when I kind of really started changing my eyes for him you know that's when I started seeing him as someone that is just so wonderful on the inside and has so much emotional intelligence and had such a beautiful view on morals and life and the things that matter and that was kind of the first like aha moment where I was like oh my god I think I do fancy you a little bit (laughs) and that was kind of the moment that um I think uh when he asked me out again I said, you know what? Yeah, go on then. Let's go. And we went on one day after that and I never looked back. 
And that was 10 years ago, now in July. So we were, we were like, we just celebrated our four-year wedding anniversary. Amazing. But we've been together officially 10 years. And we're like, oh my God. But I think what, what I would say what has been nice about my relationship with Aliash, and I'm not a relationship guru, I'm not a relationship expert, but I think what has worked in our case specifically is the fact that we were, before anything else, we were friends. Yeah, 100%. And that has carried through into our relationship, then into our marriage, and now into our life together. Before anything else, we sit and we talk about things. Yeah. And I think in relationships, sometimes it's so easy to move fast. You know, you go on that day, you end up, you know, then getting together really fast and you move in together really fast. And yeah. then you're like, we barely even really know each other. And we've taken our time really in, in every aspect. We were friends for a long time. We dated for a long time before we got engaged. We were engaged for two and a half years before we got married. Now we've been married for four years before we even start having the conversations of starting a family. Yeah. So I think everything in our relationship has been slowly paced, which has been good because it's allowed us to still be Ali Ash and Jeanette individually. Totally and still, and be, still together. be Ali Ash and Jeanette as a couple. Um, yeah, yeah we're, we're really happy. Well, I think you are a bit of a relationship guru. You might not think you are, but you're a very good example <laughs> for people. Um, and I guess I wanted to chat about as well. Um, so we spoke a bit about how this year you're not a professional dancer on Strictly. You're going on to It Takes Two, which is probably this like very like bittersweet Aww, moment for you. Yeah. But was it a hard decision for you? Because, you know, it's a big pivot. I know that presenting, you know, you've done so many brilliant things on your Instagram and you're on TV loads. And I know that that's been a passion for you. Was it a hard decision to make to leave the show and go on to It Takes Two? Do you know what? It wasn't. It wasn't, but only because, well, it, I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't, it wasn't. It was both because I remember walking into It Takes Two almost nine years ago because it was mm -hmm. in 2013 when I first walked in and sitting down on the couch and meeting Zoe Ball and meeting the whole It Takes Two team. And we just sat down and we talked about dance and the weekends yeah. and how we felt and the new dance that was coming up. And I remember leaving and Zoe did such a brilliant job at making me feel like a million pounds, you know, yeah. in a wonderful way. And I just felt so elated after walking away from that conversation with her. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, that would be the dream job actually. Really? To sit down and yeah. just make people feel good about themselves, cheer them on, talk about dancing, which is obviously a subject that is so close to my heart. I was like, oh man, one day it would be amazing if I could do that someday down the line, you know, when my dancing yeah. legs were done. So when the opportunity came up I mean I'll tell you a quick story so I messaged Zoe Ball because we're really close Zoe and I yeah and I messaged her after uh the announcement came on that she was no longer going to be doing it takes two mm -hmm. and I messaged her saying oh my gosh I'm gonna miss you so much you've been so brilliant these last what 10 years I think she did yeah. it and I said whoever steps in is gonna have some pretty big shoes to fill but uh thank you for everything that you've done and good luck in the next few years in the next endeavor. Yeah. And she wrote back and she just, you know, thank you. And we did a couple of little things. And then she wrote, by the way, it should be you that takes over from me. Cause really? she knows how much I yeah. love the show and how much I want to get into presenting. And so I think in a weird way, we, I was putting it out into the universe yeah. many years ago. She Definitely. put it out into the universe for me. And so, and I remember when she messaged me back that I thought to myself, oh gosh, that would be amazing. But you know, at, at that point happen. I was like, it's never going to happen. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm doing Strictly, I'm a pro in Strictly. Like that was where my head yeah. was. So when they called me asking me if I would be interested in the, uh, you know, in the possibilities, I almost went, what? 
Like, yeah. Uh, that was the pinch myself moment where I thought, don't get too excited. I was going to say, did you go... play it cool? Were you like, yeah, okay, I'll think. Well, like, no, oh. I did not play it cool. I started crying and everything. And then oh I was like, God. okay. And then I, I said to the, you know, the person I spoke to, I'm like, I don't want to get my hopes up, but yes, I would absolutely, it would be a dream come true for me to host It Takes Two. And then they said, well, if it goes through though, you won't be able to dance on Strictly. So you'd have to say goodbye to Strictly Come yeah. Dancing. And that was when the, the next bit hit me of, oh my gosh. Do I really want to do this? Because I love dancing so much. And I'm strictly for me, it's like, it has always been the dream job as a dancer. Yeah. Um, and then I immediately had that realization. And so I thought, oh my God, this is such a bittersweet emotion. Because I'm obviously so excited to be given just the possibility See, of yeah. doing it. And then to all of a sudden here at the same time, I won't be able to dance on Strictly. It was like... Uh, uh, you know, a double-edged sword almost, where you're like, I don't know what to do. So I said, look, I, I'm going to be 38 this year. I had such a phenomenal year with Harvey, got to the final. He was, in all the years I've done Strictly, probably one of the best partners that I had, and I got to the final with yeah. him. But if that would have been my last year, I remember thinking I would be happy with that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then when the actual phone call came in that I got it, I mean, it was just like... I can't even imagine what you... I wouldn't, the, the, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. I was on my own as well. I really? was <laughs> waiting to meet a friend at, um, at, at, for, for dinner. We were, actually, we were having pre-drinks and then I was going to meet Ali Ash and two of our, of our friends over at, at dinner. And so I was on my own and I couldn't scream because it was a place that I needed to be like, kind of like not make too much noise in. And the lady on the phone, she goes, well, I'm so sorry that you can't scream because I just want to officially offer you the position as one of the hosts of It Takes Two. <laughs> and I could cry, scream, all of it. And I was on my own and I was like, I need to tell <laughs> Ash when I see him. Oh, and then so obviously nice. when I saw him afterwards... <laughs> We were at dinner with two of our friends and I was sworn to secrecy. But you couldn't tell anyone. So I couldn't tell anyone. And they said, "You obviously you can tell Ali Ash, but just keep it to yourselves as much as possible until we are we like, we need to. We need to go home. I'm not feeling well. Just, just get out no, of it. No, <laughs> I kept, I like Ali Ash at one point looked at me like really weird. He's like, why are you making, and he messaged me from across the table like, why are you making such funny faces? And I just wrote to him, <laughs> I have big news. I texted him back. Oh my God, it was so funny. And oh, then I love that. We had to wait till we got home for me to tell him. And then we had a proper like scream and celebration together. But it was, it was such a fast turnaround. It all happened in a matter of like a week and a half, two weeks. And I was so grateful that they let me say it faster than I had anticipated yeah. because I was so excited. All the pros are such good friends of mine. They're literally yeah. like my family. And everyone on Strictly Come Dancing as well, all the production and the dance team and everyone that works on the show, you do, there, it really is such a thing as the Strictly Come Dancing family, especially for myself and Aliash who don't have any family here in the UK. Yeah. They became my extended family. They are my closest friends. They are my, my buddies, all the celebs that I've met through the years that I've stayed close with as well. And so... To not be able to to tell them or say anything was really hard. So, so I was hard. very grateful that they kind of did it all really quick yeah. so that I could share Didn't it Didn't have fast. to keep it. I mean, you are the perfect person for the job though. And I think, as you say, like it really, number one, you put it out in the universe and it's incredible that it like happened even like, and it shows you just have to wait till the timing's right. Mm -hmm. And I guess this goes really nicely onto talking about what your um, thoughts are around fate and everything happens for a reason. I mean, I love the film Sliding Doors. I love the concept. I love thinking yeah. about, you know, this is a sliding doors moment for you taking on It Takes Two. We don't know where it's going to lead to yet. But what are your thoughts around, you know, everything happening for a reason or just luck or fate? What, what do you think about all of that? 
Do you know, I, it's so funny because I had this conversation yesterday with a friend and I think it's a mixture of a couple of things in my opinion. I do really believe that the universe, I mean, I'm very spiritual. I, yeah. I believe in energies and things like that. And I do feel that the universe has an abundance of things that it can offer you if you are ready and willing to accept them. And um, a lot of the times I remember even, you know, just as an example, for example, I did, I interviewed, I don't know how many, I think it was like 60 different celebs or something like that in my first lockdown uh, on my Instagram live. And I remember at that point thinking, I want to get more training on interviewing people. I want to put myself out there as more of a presenter and TV host and things like that. So why don't I just do this on my Instagram and just see where that goes? All I thought was, I know that I need to practice it. I know that it's something I want to eventually do in my life. Um, Although Strictly is there, like, why don't I just kind of give this a go and see what happens from that? And then from doing that, I ended up getting Morning Live, which is a BBC One Uh, breakfast TV show morning live uh, producers were like you know we've seen you on your Instagram lives you're really great chatting with people would you like to give a go to to hosting the show with Gethin and I said absolutely I remember that was a huge kind of pinch myself moment the first time that I got to present a breakfast TV show I was like what it was amazing Um, but then you know I do think that like if you don't if you don't kind of set the scene for what mm-hmm. you want to attract into your life. If you don't kind of plant those seeds in whatever shape, or form you can, it doesn't even have to be specific. If you want to be a TV presenter, you cannot wait for the TV presenting job to come. You kind to of have you, to yeah. put it a little bit out there and let the universe kind of bring it on to you when the time is right and when you're ready and when those circumstances in your, in your surroundings are right. And I think that that for me is what fate is all about. It's about making sure that when the opportunity does come, you are ready to ready take for it. it. Yeah. Because a lot of people say, you know, I want, I don't know, I want the big house and a nice car. And that's all well and wonderful. But if you don't work towards that, if you don't yeah. work towards making those opportunities become available to you, you can't just sit and wait for it to land on your lap. So I, do, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to be the dream job. I didn't know what was going to come my way. I just knew that if I was patient and that I pr- presented myself to the universe as this is what I want to do with my life someday, then, you know, eventually it will, it will give back to me. Yeah. And, and that happened as well when I was, I worked in a bank for six years and I studied finance at uni and I knew that I wanted to be an entertainer. I knew that I wanted to continue working in television. I did television when I was a kid and I knew that I loved being in the TV world. So I just, I didn't know what I was going to do or to what capacity or what it was, but I carried on with my dancing and I carried on with putting myself out there in the entertainment world, even though I was just working at a bank. Yeah. And even though I was studying finance at uni. So you think you can dance came around and I thought, you know, I love dancing. I love working in television. Why don't I just go to this audition and see what happens? But if I hadn't kept up my dance classes, I wouldn't have been ready to do the So You Think You Can Dance audition, if you know what I mean. A hundred percent. And that's actually a very lovely segue into your first Sliding Doors moment. So thank you for for that one. So your first moment is getting onto the TV show So You Think You Can Dance. So it's a show based in the US. Um, Do you want to explain why was this a Sliding Doors moment for you? Did you always want to be on the show? How did Mm. the audition process? So what happened? So... Uh, I've I've been a fan of So You Thinking You Dance for a long time before I auditioned for it. And I remember yeah. thinking, gosh, they take the best of the best dancers on that show from 
all different parts of the USA. And I knew that working in a bank and getting a finance degree was like my plan B plan in B, life. Yep. You know, but good to have a plan B, but but it was there, said, yeah. and I just knew that plan A was I don't know what I'm gonna do, I don't know where I'm gonna go, I just know that I want to perform and I yeah. want to dance and sing and act and do all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had because I had done television from a very young age, I did TV work for Univision, which is like a really big like Spanish. It's kind of like a BBC, but for Central and South America. Okay, so for all the Spanish speaking countries. And, um, and I worked with them as a kid growing up. And then that kind of ended when I was 18 because it was a musical theater program for kids. So I didn't work in television for a little while after that. And, uh, so you think you can dance kind of at the moment was in Miami and it was looking for fresh new faces and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, you know, why not? What's it going to hurt to go to this audition? They'll tell me no. And I just stick to plan B. What did they say? Yes. So it's like an X factor for dancing. It's an X factor for dancing, okay. exactly. And um, I auditioned for the show, got the show, but did really, really, really... I mean, I auditioned for the show twice, actually. I went the okay. first time around, didn't get it. They came back the second year and the producers were like, look, we really think you should come back. So I wasn't going to audition the second time. Yeah, I was going to say, did that kind of make you be like, okay, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to get no, it. No, I thought, you know, say no again if it doesn't work yeah. out. But if the producers are calling me, telling me that I should come in and give it a go, I thought that's a good sign that like, yeah. maybe I should... And so I got the show, Did I mean, I was so excited with how the show went down. I had the time of my life. Mm-hmm. It really was the first sliding doors moment of my life because then when the show ended, this is the moment that uh, was what really kind of changed everything, literally. It was when yeah. the snowball came in. Um, I have finished doing the So You Think You Because they do a tour in the USA afterwards. And I did the So You Think You Could Dance tour and I saved up all my money because I remember thinking when I go back to Miami, I want to be able to like do something with that. Mm -hmm. So I was very good and I saved up all my money that I made on the So You Think tour. And then when I came back home, my mom and my dad, um, you know, were both like, well, now what? You know, you've got this chunk saved up. My banking job was still there. They called me and they said, you know, we're ready to take you back. You've got your retirement plan, your insurance. You've got everything ready to go. We yeah. want to actually promote you to the next. I, was, I ended up becoming the assistant uh, managing director of the loan servicing department for the national level of the bank. Really? So I, was, oh, I never knew that about you. That's I was amazing. Pretty, I was pretty nerdy. Yeah, pretty book smart. smart. Yeah. <laughs> And um, so I had an amazing job that paid really, really well. Um, and that moment, that was a moment where I thought, if I don't take this chance, if I don't take the fact that I've just come off of television, I've just done this huge dance tour across the whole of the USA, um, if I don't go now to LA and give my dancing career a go, I'm going to live my whole life thinking, what if? Mm-hmm. What if I would have just gone? What if I wouldn't have jumped on the bandwagon right after So You Think Happens and just seen where it took me? Yeah. And my parents were highly supportive in that case because it's it was very, very easy for them to say, go for your dream, like chase it. You know, sometimes parents can say, take the safe route, you know, go, totally. go and And you had a very job. good safe route. Like your safe yeah. route was a very good job with yeah. good money and a promotion. Yeah. And, um, and my parents telling me like, we don't want you to ever feel like you didn't really go for this. This is mm-hmm. your big dream is to dance, is to entertain, is to perform. So they said, go, we'll help you, we'll help you move. So that was the sliding door moment, that decision to kind of give up my very safe, very well-paying, very logical career in banking and finance 
and move to LA <laughs> with no job, no like concrete opportunity to just see what happens. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I do not regret that decision for a second because that has been the decision that snowballed into everything else that has come into my life from that point on. Totally. And there were a lot of moments when I was living in LA that were really, really scary where my bank account was diminishing. I wasn't getting booked for jobs because I'm so short <laughs> and I look like I'm 12. I mean, I'm, I've always looked younger than I, than I am just because of my height, I think. Yeah. And because I was, um, at that time, I was, what, 24 years old. I, I looked like I was 16. I couldn't, I couldn't get the high school jobs. I did Glee, which I looked like I was in yeah. uh, high school uh, <laughs> but at the time. So I did a lot of Glee work. But I, like, I couldn't book, like, the really cool the gigs, you yeah. know, like the big stuff. Because I just looked too, I was too short, short and I looked too young and blah, blah, blah. Which is um, now a blessing as you move on into later life because yeah. you still look very young. So <laughs> I know. And I and I I literally I'm so proud to be tiny and to yeah. be small and to be five foot and to be Latin and that's to be why I think that's why I love you <laughs> dancing as well. Like it gives you such a like the way you can dance and move because of your height, I think, is like literally. But it was you. do you know what? It was um it was not easy to come to terms with that you know yeah. that I, you, I got told no a million and one times and it does like anybody else it does mess with your emotions and of your course. confidence because you're going you start thinking well what is wrong with me like why yeah. every single audition I would get to the final round and then not be selected because I was too short or I looked too Latina or I had an accent or and then eventually all those things that at that time of my life didn't work for whatever those specific jobs mm -hmm. were eventually were the exact reasons that I ended up getting, getting yeah. what I got later you know so and that I think that happens a lot in life I think when we're little we're all like thrown all these things about the way we look and the way mm. we our height and everything and the way we speak and and I think as you get older and you I think it's as well you can embrace those things as well and you know that they're things that make you who you are and not things but it's hard because when you get yeah. the knockbacks all the time it you, you start to think there's something different I mean, I want to talk more about your time in LA because that's your second moment in a bit. But I guess with the show, so you think you can dance, do you ever really think about, you know, if you hadn't, if you hadn't gone on that show, because I know this is probably, this is the very beginning of, as you say, the big snowball. If you hadn't gone on the show, do you ever think, what would you be doing now? Because I guess, would you have stayed in your finance job? Like, I don't know. Do you know, I never really question things like that. I kind of, I don't have any regrets in my life at all because I feel mm -hmm. like regretting is, is not good. Everything in life has happened for a reason and as it should to lead to this very moment. I do genuinely believe in that. Yeah. And um, so if I hadn't gone to So You Think, I don't know. I feel like plan B would have maybe taken over. Um, yeah. I feel like I would have... I don't know, found a different way to express myself artistically. Um, I don't think I would have ever not been an artist. Yeah, I think I, I would either. have I would have found something into some capacity that would fulfill my creative soul, you know, because yeah. I was very creative from a very young age. I've always wanted to entertain. I've always loved the arts. And I can't imagine that I would have just been that person that settled for plan B, like plan really B was, don't. plan yeah. A was going to be the, the mission no matter Always what. Always going to be there. <laughs> and I guess it's a bit of kind of a role reversal of Strictly so you think you can dance because you're the contestant being judged. And I mean, I know you're done, you're judged on Strictly, but in a different way. Do you think it kind of gave you a really good 
grounding for when you did get Strictly having that experience of being the contestant and being judged? Yeah, because I feel like I became more empathetic to my celeb yeah. partners. They, un- I, I would literally say to them, I know exactly how you're yeah. feeling. I've been there. This is my advice. This is what I would do. This is how I handled this situation. And I think they felt very safe in that way because they felt they had a partner that had gone through exactly what they're going through. Yeah. Um, and because you know, on Strictly, you end up becoming very close with your partners. It's just you're together all the time and you're dancing all the time. Um, The friendships that I developed through the years with all my partners, I really do think that being able to kind of share in that with them Mm -hmm. helped a lot to kind of build our bond and build our friendship as as partners on the floor and as friends afterwards. Because they, I think, appreciated that I I had been there, done that a little bit. (laughs) Exactly. And um, I mean, I'm going to move on to your second one because I do think these two are very joined together. So Mm. the star of the snowball was obviously, um, so you think you can dance. But as you said, you then managed to get money and make the big move to move to LA. So, I mean, I've mentioned mentioned this before on the podcast but LA is my happy place I literally love it there if I could move there tomorrow I would um so when you was there I mean you said that your parents were really supportive of you was there ever a moment where you were like you know oh I don't know what to do or were you just like I've got the money now is the right time I'm gonna go no I um I think you know the the decision to move to LA was the biggest, biggest sliding door, I think, of my entire life. Yeah. Out of all of the three that we're going to be chatting about today, that was the one that I think changed everything for me. Um, And then being in LA, you know, in the beginning, like anything that's new, I was really excited. I got my flat. I got everything decorated. I was going to every single dance class that I could go to. I was meeting as many people as I can meet. I was going to as many auditions as I can go to. And in the beginning, the no's didn't bother me because I was very optimistic and enthusiastic. And then all of a sudden, a couple months into living in LA, I hadn't booked a job yet. Uh, My rent was still being due. I still needed to eat. Um, I still needed to pay for any dance classes Mm -hmm. that I was going to. And I found LA to be a very, very lonely place. It Um, really can be. Because I think everybody is there on a mission, you know. Everybody that lives in Los Angeles is there for work. I I feel very, at least I don't know of many people that are uh, born and bred in LA uh, that that have family and friends and like an upbringing. I feel like everyone that is in LA has come from somewhere else to work in LA, or at least yeah, in the circles that I was involved Definitely, in. Definitely, yeah. And so because I was so enthusiastic and optimistic and I had like my parents in my ear saying, chase your dreams, do what you want to do. You do this. Oh, uh, you've so got good. this, Jeanette. You know, uh, you know, I thought that everyone around me was going to be the same. Yeah. And I think I kind of in some ways became this annoyingly happy person. And when I would meet people who were probably going through their own personal, uh-huh. you know, issues with Genius, not getting work yeah. and things like that. I, I found it very difficult to make friends and found it like I had no one to kind of call there except also, for my family. because you no one on your wavelength and connection with. It's all about, no. you know, yeah. And even the people that did do So You Think You Can Dance With Me, none of them were really in LA. They all went back to their states where they were mm-hmm. living. So yeah. it was a it was a really, really lonely and tough time. And then when the bank account started dropping down and I started panicking about how I'm going to pay my rent and how am I going to pay for food and the the moments of like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm never going to survive. I'm going to have to go back. It was scary. Yeah. And my mom and my dad, again, they're just my gurus of life, you know. They, they kind of said to me, my mom gave me such good advice and she goes, Jeanette, 
she's not very she's a very funny woman my mom because she doesn't she doesn't believe in not that she doesn't believe but she's very religious like she, yeah. she's a catholic and christian and and that's how she was raised but in a weird way we don't go to church we never went to church as kids yeah so she, my it's mom like a spiritual is spiritual she's religion. more spiritual yeah. than she is anything else and um and she said to me that day on the phone she goes Jeanette you know what uh, the universe is always going to provide for you. You just have to trust it. She oh. said, don't panic. You keep working. You keep going to those dance classes. You keep doing what you're going to do until the moment that you have literally reached zero where you've yeah. got nothing else. Worrying is not going to fix anything. You just keep going at it and the universe will provide for you and you will see it will all be okay. What incredible advice. Yeah. And uh, I was like, okay, mom. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'll trust you. And literally in like a couple, like I think it was a week or two later after that, like kind of like moment where I you like know, reached this like yeah. really scary place in my heart. Um, I ended up getting glee. Amazing. <laughs> and glee was... I, even, I never even knew that about you. I feel like I'm going to have to rewatch it now and find where you are. I mean, if you, if you blink, you miss me. <laughs> <laughs> but I was in quite a few episodes because I was a part of uh, Vocal Adrenaline, which is the rival gang yeah. of singers uh, to the glee club. And because I was casted as a vocal adrenaline member i was in quite a few of the episodes mm -hmm. like you know in the background or singing and dancing and and then i did the glee tour afterwards they had yeah. two years of the glee tour so i feel like oh i kind of got my bounce back and then j-lo came and um she sang on the new series of so you think you can dance the uh -huh. year after i did it yeah and they uh, she wanted to invite back all her favorite female dancers from the years past. Mm -hmm. And I was her favorite from oh my, my year. Amazing. And um, when I sat down, I mean, we actually sat down and chatted because I was one of the only ones that spoke Spanish. So we sat down and spoke and she was telling me, you know, Mia, because that was when she was with Mark Anthony. She was saying, me and Mark loved you on the show. It was so nice to see a Latina woman doing so well. And Amazing. I was like <laughs> pinching myself going, oh my God, I'm psycho. Don't act stupid. Don't make a face. Like, well, so you she's went just from like feeling being. so like down and not getting anything to getting like two very big jobs yeah and yeah. that's what I mean so I think that was again the the move to LA was so crucial to my life because it not yeah. only taught me to really trust in trust in the universe and trust in that the fact mm -hmm. that things will come when they should come um but it also kind of made me feel confident in myself totally. again because yeah. I got glee because of the way of who I am because totally, of yeah. being short because of being Latina As because of before, being like yeah overly happy <laughs> life is great like, for, for all the positive things that you were finding really hard it actually yeah. got you to where to somewhere that you like needed yeah. to be and the same with the whole j-lo thing like she selected me to be a part of that like special program because she wanted me Jeanette mm -hmm. you know and then like I got to be in the Oscars as well I was in the Oscars and it, it just kind of all started coming back and it was and like I a think, catalyst yeah and I think I had to maybe reach that like really low moment that really kind of like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to get through this to really be able to bounce up and, mm -hmm. and see that, do you know what? It will be okay in the end. Everything yeah. will be okay in the end. Uh, what a great story because I think, you know, your mum has a really big part to play in this because I think, you know, her really encouraging you on because she believed in you and she knew you had it. But also you made such a great point because sometimes we just need someone to believe in us, whether that is the director of Glee or JLo, you know, just a few little small just people there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, but you know, we all do. And I think it's the same with Dave. 
creating, it's everything. It's just, you, you know, you've got that spark and when you lose it, you feel lost, but you, you just need something. And then yeah. as you say, you're putting out into the universe, everything you feel, and then it all comes kind of flooding yeah. back to you. It's the most important thing to have because I've been doing a course on well-being. It's such a big conversation about our overall well-being and mental health to have a good support system around us because mm -hmm. sometimes our own thoughts can send us into like a deep whirlwind and and you can go into this really dark place on your own and you just need that one person whether that's a family member or a friend to be like do you know what you've got this you, yes, you're gonna be 100%. okay mm -hmm. we all need that we, we all, all need it you're so right you're so right um and then I guess we can now go on to your last moment which is a big one I have a lot to ask you about this but I guess it's getting into Strictly um yeah. this is like a really big part of your life um and I guess I wanted to ask so how did you get onto the show I mean I can't remember a time without you on it so that's like <laughs> saying something but um were you a fan of the show did you know about it how did you get involved in it oh but you see this is a great story too actually that's why I was excited to make it one of the, the sliding doors moments so Ali Ash and I at the time we were obviously already dating and we were we we're doing a show in the west end burn the floor again yes and um at that time, Burn the Floor was getting ready to stop and we were going to go on a big break for a couple of months, I think even a year with the show because we had been touring worldwide with the show and then West yeah. End twice already. So that contract was going to be done for a yeah. while. And um, I, funny enough, got offered Dancing with the Stars in Los Angeles right at the beginning of my West End contract. And I remember thinking, ah. Oh, I have oh, to say it. no because I'm in a contract to do Burn the Floor and I was so gutted because I thought I've just missed such a huge opportunity yeah. to do Dancing with the Stars. Uh, and I remember thinking, you know, hopefully they'll take me next year or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And then when we found out that Burn the Floor was going to be shutting down, not shutting down, but stopping for a stopping, while, yeah. Ali Ash and I went into this like, well, now what? Because he was going to have to move back to Slovenia. I was going to have to move back to LA. We were both kind of like, not jobless, but like waiting now for yeah. the next thing. And, um, and we were so in love that we, the thought of doing the whole long distance thing was like, gonna make our, really it was hard. gonna like really make it hard for us. Yeah. Cause it's not just any long distance. It's Los Angeles and Slovenia. It's yes. very different parts and of the world. And you've been together like every day. Exactly. So, you know, we, we were very scared for what was going to happen for, to our relationship and to us. And we were both just trying to find ways of making it work. I'm like, well, if I work in LA, maybe he can come and stay with me. And then if he gets a job in Slovenia, I can, we were just panicking a little bit mm -hmm. and worrying about how we were going to make the relationship work. And also financially, like what we were going to do for work. Cause Burn yeah. the Floor was just our, our provider for so long. Um, and then the producers from Strictly came and watched the show. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, if Aliash gets Strictly, yeah. he can stay in London and then maybe I can get some kind of a visa to stay in London and dance and work with him. Like I never in a million years thought that Strictly would take me, you know, yeah. I was really rooting for Aliash because so he's did they the want one... both of you or did they originally want to Aliash? Well, well, this this thing. So I thought they only wanted people yeah. like Aliash who had competed in Bournemouth and Latin because uh -huh. Aliash is an insane dancer mm -hmm. and he's got like a million like championships and he's done so well for himself in his competitive career. But I never competed. Yeah. I did Bournemouth and Latin, but I never actually competed. So I thought like one of the criteria was that yeah. you had to have some kind of a title. So I was really rooting for him. So when they came in and watched the show and then they called and asked us both to just interview for the part. Yeah. You know, to just have an interview. I was like, 
what? Like, <laughs> it was such a moment because I thought, oh my God, I could dance. I, I can say that it also, you're Alias. like, oh my God, it's all going to happen. And then you get yeah. really scared. And then I thought, don't, don't, don't get overexcited because yeah. if, if it doesn't work out. So then we both went and auditioned. We had to both teach a celebrity. And that's a really funny story because I prepared myself to teach a male celebrity. Um, and when I walked in, it was actually a woman. So they hired one person for the whole day of auditions ah. and it was a woman. And I was like, oh my God, oh. I'm going to destroy this audition because <laughs> I had everything ready to teach a man. Yeah. But, um, I remember leaving the audition and going to Aliash. I don't think I smashed that. Like I'm, I was so not ready, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then when we both got strictly, I mean, they called me first and, you know, they did the whole, I think they did it on purpose. They did the whole like, well, as you know, we've only got place for a certain it's number of people. It's always negative when yeah. you're going to get it. Like I've, from all the shows I've watched, when they start with a negative, you know, it's going to come up something well, good. Well, I didn't know that background. Yeah. I, and I was just like preparing myself. They're like, you know, we just want to thank you for your time. But as you know, we've only got spots for a certain number of people. And oh I was already God. thinking, oh gosh, this is going to say no. It's fine. I, I was kind of ready for that. And then she goes, however, we would love for you to join the show. And I, I didn't scream, but my face screamed because yeah. I was trying to keep it cool on the phone. But my mouth opened, okay. my eyes widened, <laughs> Ali Ash is on the other side of the room, like jumping up and down, not making any noise. And then I was like, yes, I will, I will gladly accept to be <laughs> a part of Thank you so much. Thank you. And then I screamed. And then Ali Ash, when I went, oh, wait a second, now we need him to get yeah. the job and within five minutes they called him straight after really? oh my god thank god you didn't have to wait I longer know, than we that we didn't have to wait long and then we both got it and it was honestly what again just like moving to LA getting Strictly Come Dancing was just the biggest and like most incredible thing not just for my career but for my personal life and my marriage 100%. with Aliash because if it wasn't for Strictly I don't know if we would have been able to work through that hard, long distance thing. Yeah, because I was and actually so going to say to you, like, it, like, because if you think about if only one of you had got it or not, like, how, yeah, do you think about how it would have affected your relationship? I don't know, like, that's why in, in, in my heart, I was really, I mean, amazing that we both got it. But I thought if at least he gets it, then I can maybe get some kind of a working visa to stay in London and do shows with him in London or whatever. Or maybe I can help out in the show in some way, like... I didn't I don't know yeah. but the fact that we both got it and that we were both able to join in and get partners and and join the show like it was just the biggest again like another aha beautiful dream come true because mm -hmm. I just don't know what it would have meant for us and then I knew that Strictly was the main like the yeah, biggest what, one yeah did you had you seen it before did you watch because it? obviously i watched dancing with the stars yeah in in usa America. but yeah, it's the so same you know. exact format yeah. we had len goodman we had bruno uh so it's the same exact format but then i when i started doing shows in the west end that's when i found out oh strictly is the original one yeah um but i didn't realize how big, big of a program strictly was here because in the usa it was big but the usa is like such a massive country and they have yeah, so many like different tv 50 shows. countries in one place yeah they that they um you know dancing with stars is a big show over there but it's not like what strictly come dancing is here in the uk mm -hmm. and i really felt that after doing the first year with ali ash that's when we learned how much strictly comes down come dancing is loved by the UK public. And, and as I you think, say, can become your family. Yeah. And I think it was so nice for Ali Ash and I, because that was when we kind of went, we're not only just dancing and choreographing and putting on a show. We are like 
making people genuinely really happy like yeah. moms and dads and kids and grandparents and people of all ages and all backgrounds enjoy watching Strictly and to be a part of that kind of like Saturday night tradition that leads yeah. up to Christmas was just so magical. special yeah it was magical yeah and this moment's so great because I know you probably don't want to think about this but you mentioned it before like my brain of like sliding doors is going like, you know, number one, if one of you got it, the other one hadn't have got it, what would have happened? But also if you both hadn't have got it, as you said before, you know, you were really kind of like, what are we going to do? And, you know, it really shows how the universe aligned because, you know, you both would have maybe gone back to your separate countries. And I mean, listen, I think you two are made for each other. So you would have found a way together. But <laughs> this is, as you said, like you'd started to think about, is there somewhere in the middle that we can meet? And I guess were you just like, this is just meant to be when it all happened? Yeah, I did feel like the stars aligned yeah. and everything has planned out the way as it should be. And this is a really, I'll tell you a story. Um, when I first, first, first started doing musical theater as a kid, one of the first uh, dances that I ever did was One Singular Sensation from Chorus Line. Yeah. So this is a video somewhere out there of me and like a leotard <laughs> with like yeah. character shoes and a hat doing One Singular Sensation. Then when I did So You Think You Can Dance, which was another part of my, I guess, dance career, we did One Singular Sensation as a group number choreographed by Mia Michaels. And I remember going, oh my gosh, I remember doing Dang One Singular that. Sensation as a little kid and now I'm doing it on TV on So You Think You Dance. That's amazing. Then fast forward a couple years later after that, we're in Blackpool with Strictly on the day of my birthday. Yeah. And we did this huge Blackpool number with all the celebrities to One Singular really? Sensation. And Incredible. I was like, my gosh, this song is... So special there's something yeah. really special about this song that keeps coming back into my life into my career and then <laughs> the moment that I just like I that's it I started crying and I was like this is crazy like this song I just think it's a it's a sign that everything is happening in my life as it yeah. should be was doing it one my last dance ever on Strictly Come Dancing was with Harvey in the final and it was one singular sensation Amazing. in the gold sequence suits yeah. So when that number finished and we did so well and Harvey like smashed it and I was in the final and it was that song that I, I means so much to me. Again, it was one of those moments in my life where I just thought everything is as it should be and yeah. I'm in the right place and I do really believe in destiny and in fate. And um, yeah, I just think life has has been happening as it should for sure. Oh my God, me too. I have a song that follows me around that when I hear it, I like know something like good's going to happen. Or, I love that theory so much and it's brilliant. And listen, you believe in it. And as you say, and now probably looking back, you're like, maybe that was because, you know, it's my time to like move on. And like, you know, yeah. it's it's so brilliant. And um, what's the biggest pinch me moment then from doing Strictly? I mean, I guess there's so many, but is there a moment that you look back and you're like, wow, I can't believe I got to do that. Oh gosh, there's so many. I've had so many incredible memories on Strictly. I mean, I remember oh. one with, um, when, I mean, you're a massive fan of Gloria Estefan. I feel like that was a big one for you. Oh, that was a big one. And she sang yes. for me, happy birthday oh. in Blackpool. And I remember meeting her and I'm thinking, don't panic, don't panic, don't fangirl, just be normal, just act cool. Like, <laughs> just want to um, be your best friend. Oh, I just want to be best friend. And there's a video, I think one of the pros has it somewhere. They were all laughing at me because I was like, my, my <laughs> eyes were just like, I was melting talking with her oh. and they filmed me like I couldn't get enough of her. But I think the, the beautiful thing about Strictly is just that there are so many wonderful memories through the years. I think yeah. my first ever show, doing that first ever group number 
um, my first like red carpet when I saw all the, you know, the yeah, paparazzi and yeah. the fans and the journalists and just being in that space. Like I kind of, I'm, I kind of tend to like take myself out of a moment and just try and watch it from, from above yeah, in some way. Great idea. And I remember stepping back and just thinking, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. I'm actually doing Strictly Come Dancing. This yeah. is the red carpet. All the celebs are here. Oh my God, there's Lennon Bruno that I've seen on <laughs> Dancing with the Stars. Um, and then like through the years, there's been a couple moments. I remember Jake Wood when we did our salsa that everybody yeah. was like, you know, that, would, that went down really well. <laughs> a couple years after that, I, I mean, every year I had something special, but the ones that I can just pick out. Then when I met Will Bailey, um, a Paralympic champion, he obviously just taught me so much about perseverance and he was just such an inspirational human being in himself. Yeah. When we got to do the contemporary number together, oh, where incredible. he kind of told his story and you, it was that another moment in my life where I thought, oh my gosh, this is a person that was told he could not walk. Mm -hmm. And now he's dancing and he's not just dancing. He's really expressing himself. himself yeah. He's really using music and movement to share an emotion, to share his story. And like, it was the first time I cried after I danced with someone on Strictly because as a pro, you can't ask for more than yeah. that. I mean, the last eight years on Strictly have been just some of the best, best memories of my life. And and now to be doing It Takes Two and be able to help other people in those moments and be mm -hmm. a part of those moments with everybody else, you know, it's it's really, really special. And it's so great to hear that, you know, you enjoy it, but I love hearing how much you enjoy making other people happy and not just, as you say, the people that you work with, but the people at home. And I think, you know, when I really th look at you and what you said about being younger and your positive outlook and like being able to spread that is just like infectious and I love it. And um, what will you miss most about being on the show as a dancer? Oh, well, definitely the dancing. I yeah. mean, the, the, that ballroom, that floor on Strictly, I always say that just magic happens on that mm -hmm. floor. And I'm going to miss just being on that floor, dancing with the professionals. And I mean, they are like my family. So to, to not be in rehearsals with them, to not be on that floor with them is going to be really, really uh, tough. But I know that they're, they're all very supportive of me and yeah. they're also excited for me. And I think what I'm, what I'm going to miss the most as well is just that feeling of being a part of like I said Saturday night family yeah. tradition so many people especially in this last series after the year we've had with COVID and being mm -hmm. in lockdown so many people have come up to me afterwards and said we're just so grateful that Strictly Come Dancing went forward because it brought joy in a time when our family really needed it the most it brought escapism it brought just just happiness into people's homes um, and, and made people smile made people cry in, in good yeah. ways and and just gave them the, this feeling of hope really that 100%. it's all going to be okay and I I mean I can do that to some extent on It Takes Two when I'm yeah. sat there on the couch and I will pr try my hardest yes. to keep doing that when I host a show but Strictly Come Dancing on Saturday Nights does that so brilliantly mm -hmm. and so specially that um, I'm going to miss being a part of that yeah but I guess like what are you most excited about because I mean I'm as you say I love hearing the journey and the thought and the dream what are you most excited about for doing the show? For it takes two. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm the most excited to sit down and listen to the new celebs 
like feelings and yeah, stories and what know. they're going through. Just because I'm, I mean, I've always been like the biggest cheerleader on Strictly. All the pros laugh at me and even in Claudia's well, no, you area. Do, you cheer everybody on. <laughs> yeah, they all laugh at me because I scream for everyone every single year. And I'm just like, I become all the celebs. Like they, they call me mom. I'm like, I'm like the mom of the pros as well. Yeah. Cause they all come to me for advice. Cause I'm just like, I'm just such a fan of people experiencing wonderful things and when you see it happening you're just like yes you did that yeah I champion them a lot so what I am gonna look forward to the most is the ability that I will still have to be able to do that for them to Mm kind of sit down and listen to their stories and share their stories and champion the partnerships champion the celebs really champion the pros because for me they are the superheroes of Strictly they are the Um, ones that are are the backbone of what this show is all about so I'm really looking forward to just be that person for them and like really kind of be there I don't know everything yeah. be like you've got this you were amazing or don't worry if you got that score like just move on oh it's so yeah. good oh Jenna, I'm so excited to see you on it takes two and as you said I think you're the perfect person for the job you're it's so it's so lovely to like hear someone that's so passionate about what they do but passionate for other people as well and you'll do mm. an incredible job so we can't wait to see you on there and thank you so much for sharing all of your moments with us today it's been brilliant to hear all about your journey and what your kind of dreams have been and where you've got to now and we're really excited to kind of see you on your next chapter oh thank you so much I've absolutely loved it thank you so much for having me it's been such a great conversation oh thank you so much Jeanette thank you bye 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 Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.